You know the vibes. It's another week. You're rocking with yep, the best yep, in yep, the biz. Yep. Mo Mootsy joined back. by BJ Armstrong. BJ, how was your weekend? What's the weekend look like oh. in the life of BJ Armstrong? You know, it's a little NFL football this weekend. Okay. Super Bowl soon. Super Bowl soon. Who, who you like a for lot. that? Who you like for that? Give me a name right now. Who's winning Man, the Super it's Bowl? It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to bet against Brady. I, I until <laughs> Brady retires, I can't say anything but Brady. Thanks. You know, I, I, you know, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. That's all you need to know about me. And when it comes <laughs> to football, I'm sticking with my Lions. <laughs> but it's hard to bet against Brady. So if you had to ask me, Brady, it is. Yeah, hey man, I'm I'm a basketball guy. I know nothing about NFL, but obviously. Boston Celtics. My uncle's a big Patriots guy. He's got season oh. tickets to the Patriots. Oh. So I'm I'm kind of, I always say to people I'm a Patriots fan. Not that I ever watch any games or know anything about anything, but people hate it. For some reason, they have this irrational hatred of New England Patriots and their fans. But then again, Tom Brady is now playing for another team. I don't even know who. But I'll rock with the Tom Tampa Brady. Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. So I'll, I'll rock with Tom Brady because he won so much for for New England. I'm gonna have to rock with him too. Not that I know anything about NFL, but what else was your weekend saying, BJ? What else did your weekend look like? Just at the crib, yeah, just hiding from yeah, Omicron. Just at the crib, hanging, hiding, <laughs> watching lots of basketball, Facts. watching a little NCAA basketball. Facts. Watching a little FIBA basketball. Facts. And just, you know, just doing what I do, you know, get a little walk in, a little exercise, doing the things that, you know, the married life. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I'm a, I'm a family man. Man, listen. <laughs> Making I'm, my grocery store runs, you know. Hey, hey, you do you. You do you. I'm married to this game. That's all you need to know. I'll be watching these games and getting buckets and doing what I do. But uh, without further ado, it's Monday morning. So I thought, let's bless the people with some positivity because there's been so much bad yes. news around the NBA. Kevin Durant out for four to six weeks. Lakers fans going absolutely losing their minds after their team loses and loses and loses. There's so much negativity. I thought today's episode, let's pick three teams who have been positive recently. Okay. Right spots. And we're not going to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies because we spoke about them three or four times last week. And we love talking about them. And I'm sure we'll talk about them more if they continue to do great things. But let's look at three other sides that have been very impressive. Now, BJ, I know you're not a huge stats guy like myself, but I'm going to hit you with some numbers because something has really stood out to me. Something that's kind of gone under the radar, a little bit written off at the start of the season. And that's our boy, Luca Magic, over there in Dallas. Mm. Now, mm. he's not known for his defense. The Mavs aren't known to be a defensive team. But let me hit you with some numbers. Up until oh, yeah. November the 30th, in the first 19 games they played, they were 23rd in net rating. They were 21st in defense and 19th in offense. But since December the 1st, the Dallas Mavericks have been third in net rating. They've had the number two oh. defense in the NBA and their number 12 in offense. Since Luca came back from the COVID protocol, they're seven and one. They've had the league best defense since Lucas came back. And they went on a little win streak going seven and one. They won six games in a row. And in that streak, their defense shut down opponents. I'm going to hit you with the teams they played, how many points they score on average, and how many they scored against the Mavs. The Sacramento Kings usually score 110 points. They only scored 96 against the Mavs. OKC usually score 100 points. They only scored 86 against the Mavs. Denver, Nikola Jokic MVP, 106. They only scored 89. The Golden State Warriors usually average 111 points. They only scored 82. 
the Houston Rockets, they got held to 106, and the Chicago Bulls got held to just 99 points by the Dallas Mavericks. Now, this defense, what stood out to you from watching Luca and the boys on their recent run and really finding their rhythm and flying a little bit under the radar with it? Well, you know, it's been interesting to watch this team because last week, Mo, while we were doing television on Sky TV. Yes, sir. There was a game that we had to pick for game of the week. And that game was the Chicago Bulls versus the Dallas Mavericks. Yes, sir. And I told you, Mo, then I said, I'm going to pick Dallas to win that game. <laughs> I just want to remind it to you, Mo. Because, you know, <laughs> I'm not right very often, but when I am right, I want to make sure, Mo, that you know. I'm hearing it. But I'm hearing it. The thing that has stood out to me about the Dallas Mavericks has been the following. Coach Kidd has implemented a defensive game plan for this team in the absence of Luka Doncic. If there's one thing that we can that we can criticize about his game, and it's not a mu- it's not much, because he's such a complete player on the offensive end, has been his defensive effort and presence on that end of the court. However, Jalen Brunson has stepped in admirably in the absence of Luka Doncic. Jalen Brunson has really stepped his game up into a leadership capacity where suddenly now they are a defensive gritty group. They're playing the game, getting loose balls. They're moving the ball around and they're playing as a team. And I think that helped I thought that that helped the team. I thought it's helped Luka Doncic. But more importantly, Luka now, when you watched him, I watched him the other night versus the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes. Suddenly now playing a better brand, what I would consider winning basketball. Yes. But he's still putting up his numbers, but it's the maturing process. And I think that starts with the defensive end. We can talk about offense and we can talk about scoring and we can talk about triple doubles. And Luka is a, you know, without a question, he's a top 10 player. But when you start playing defense and giving those type of efforts on the defensive end, suddenly now you're playing a winning brand of basketball. And I think that's all started with Jalen Brunson. He's been really the mainstay or the most consistent player on the team. And I think now he stepped into a leadership role. And by the way, He's going to be a. Uh, I, think uh, a oh, I was, I was about to say, season. we're going to talk about him in a yeah, second. Mo, uh, we'll yeah. talk about him in a second. Yeah, for me, he's going to be. You know, oftentimes I've watched Luca and he's not been given the effort defensively because he's doing so much on the offensive end. And I think now he's starting to realize if you play great defense as a team, because what I love about this Dallas defense is they play like they're on a string. You know what I mean? When I say that is their rotations, they're going to help against the Grizzlies, especially had a great game plan. They went under a lot of screens because they know the Grizzlies aren't a great three-point shooting team. That's their weakness. And, you know, in all fairness to the Grizzlies, they were very tired. They played eight games in 12 nights or something crazy. Right. But the game right. plan was there for Dallas and they were very coordinated. And what Luke is figuring out is it's easier to score the ball in transition than it is to walk up and have the defense set for you. It's easier to get a stop, get out, find your teammates or go yourself. And it's, like you said, part of the maturing process. But Jalen Brunson, who I wanted to talk about, as you say, he's going to be a restricted free agent. He's very in demand from a lot of teams coming up to the trade deadline. There's a lot of rumors around the New York Knicks because the New York Knicks, Derek Rose is obviously out injured. The Kemba Walker situation remains what it is. The Knicks really want a point guard that they can really put out there on the floor. And Jalen Brunson 
is reportedly at the top of the list. And I'm sure a lot of different teams, I would love him on the Boston Celtics. A lot of different teams have him up there on their wish list because next year, how much can the Mavs afford to pay him? They've already got $139 million committed on their books. So it looks like Brunson might have to be on a move out of, you know, purely financial reasons. I think the Dallas Mavericks will find a way to keep him. They have to. I, will, I think they will find a way. because, and Just because of this. At the very least, Mo, he is in the upper echelon of the league as a backup point guard. Maybe he's in the lower half as a starter. But that's okay because you still have Luka Doncic, who's really your primary ball handler and point guard anyway. Yeah. But he has found a way to play with Luka, your best player. So to me, that's a bonus. He's, he's a heady player. He can score. He's tough. He understands the game. He can shoot. And I like what he's doing. And he has leadership. So I think it is in their best interest to find a way to keep him no matter what moving forward because he, he complements your best player. What's interesting to me is, as you mentioned earlier, restricted free agency. And if you don't know what that means, you guys at home, it means a player can get offers from other teams, but the Dallas Mavericks can match whatever the other teams right. are offering to keep him there. But what's interesting about restricted free agency is, I don't know if you remember many years ago, a man named Tyler Johnson, who played basketball for the Miami Heat. And um, he hit restricted free agency once upon a time. And the Brooklyn Nets sent him a ridiculous offer. This is when Brooklyn had no draft picks, no players. They were at the bottom end of the league. So what their tactic was in free agency, they were just trying to overpay on all of these restricted free agents. So they were sending out offer sheets that were higher. They knew teams couldn't match. Or if the teams matched, it would put the team worse off financially. So, you know, he got a $50 million offer sheet from the Brooklyn Nets and it forced the Miami Heat to match that. So it's going to be interesting to see if there are any teams out there who would try and overpay. Because just like Brunson, you know, Tyler Johnson was a point guard who you could look at being a great replacement or at the lower end of a starting point guard. So, you know, that's just that's just one interesting note to keep an eye on as he hits restricted free agency. But we talk about point guards and all-star game coming up. We'd be remiss if we didn't speak about NBA all-star or who needs to be an NBA all-star, Fred Van Fleet and the Toronto Raptors Ooh. who took care of business against the Milwaukee Bucks. They really have the Bucks number. I think not just their size in, in the team that Masai Jiris tries to create, but Nick Nurse coaching-wise is a real problem for Giannis. They don't want to see them in a playoff series. Not that the Raptors would win. They could, but they just are a very bad matchup for Giannis and the Bucks. even though the Bucks started off the game on Saturday night on a fantastic run. The Raptors got right back into it. And that was without a couple of their key pieces. So I'm looking at this Toronto team. They've had a nice little run of form. They've crept their way back into the playoff positions. They're currently at the eight seed. They've gone seven and three over the last 10 games. And Masai has built, you know, we've spoken about this on our Sky show. He's built this team where it's essentially Fred plus a bunch of guys, six foot six and taller, who can play on the defensive end, cause havoc, get out there and run in transition. Pascal Siakam's returned. He's looking like an elite player once again. He's getting some spicy P is back in the building. The worst nickname in the NBA continues. Spicy P. <laughs> um, he's back and 
not only are the Raptors sneaking into playoff contention, they're looking to solidify their roster to try and push further up. There's rumors that they're going after Jakob Pertl, former Toronto Raptor, now with the San Antonio Spurs. If you remember, he was with Tamar DeRozan in that trade for Kawhi Leonard. They want to bring him back. Uh, Pertl's been doing great things in San Antonio, and not, not many people watch San Antonio, but he's been playing fantastic basketball. Adding an elite center, because I think Presage Chui is still quite young, still developing, and Chris Boucher is still, you know, he's not as consistent as you'd like him to be, although he's great off the bench. But the Raptors and Nick Nurse and Masai Ujiri, they're really looking at it like, who says we have to go into a rebuild? We can win games. We're not afraid of anyone. What are you seeing from the six up there in the north? Well, the first thing, let's talk about Fred Van Fleet for just a little bit. Freddie. You know, Freddie is an all-star. And I hope he becomes an all-star and get the individual recognition that he deserves this year because he has been playing terrific, terrific basketball. You know, he's averaging roughly 22 points a game, five assists, six and a half or so, six and a half, sorry, assists and about five rebounds a night. And, and he's making Freddie big shots. Is, he's making oh, big man, shots making, when it counts. He's making, he's making big one. And he's really made the transition of losing an all-star guard like Kyle Laurie, you know, a smoothless transition. I mean, he stepped up and he stepped up big. And it, he's way better than Kyle Lowry right now. Yeah. If, well, if you, you know, look, if Kyle Lowry's got a lot of miles on that body. You he, know, all I mean, the time he, doesn't miss anyone. But, but I'm just saying that the Raptors aren't mad that Kyle Lowry left. They can't be mad because Freddie has you filled that. He's filled that gap that Kyle Lowry left in a team. You know, a lot of times players leave teams and there's clearly, right. you know, there's clearly a gap. Like I look at the Celtics this season and Gordon Hayward being that playmaker, doing a little bit of everything, being a third option. They haven't got a guy that's come in and replaced him. You look at other teams who have had guys walk and they can't replace them. Whereas Fred has stepped up. And my favorite thing about Freddie is his slogan, his catchphrase is bet on yourself. And that's what he does. Right. And that's well, what he's doing. You got to give Fred, you got to give Fred credit. I mean, Fred is really, he's, he's the straw that stirs that drink. And, you know, it's great to see, I like the nickname Spicy P back. It's really great. Man, listen. Pascal Siakam, it's great to see him back because, you know, he really he really caught the attention of the NBA world with his performance in the NBA finals. Big time. And then he gets paid, you know, and we all were like, wow, he's going to be the next guy. And then he, he it was tough for him when when all the pressure it's, was put on him. It's very spotlight. different, you know, being a second option with Kawhi Leonard on your team to Kawhi leaving. Right. And like we're saying about filling the gap, he couldn't fill the gap that Kawhi right. had left because he didn't know, not that it was his fault, but he didn't know how to handle being a first option on that team and having defense's game plan for him rather than Kawhi Leonard. But continue, my friend. He's, he's, yeah, yeah. Back. Give spicy, spicy is playing well. I mean, he really played very well last night. Triple dub on Saturday night against played, the Bucks, okay. the reigning champs. He, and, and 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 this is this says something to me because you know I'm a Pistons fan. I grew up in Detroit. They lose to the Detroit Pistons the night before, and this is what I love about the NBA. You can lose at any time. Mm -hmm. All these teams are good. They lose, and then they respond the next night versus the World Champions and beat them at home. At yes, yeah, on the other team's opposing floor. That to me says something. You know the. The Golden State Warriors lose. They were down by 40 points the other night against the Milwaukee Bucks. And then they go to Chicago 
and win. Toronto, to me now, I know that this team has what I call basketball character. There's something there in them. I really respect that. You lose, you lose a game against a team you probably should beat, and then you come back and respond. You regroup. You don't point the fingers. So that, to me, shows that they have basketball character. Well, what's and the, then let's give a shout-out. I want to give a quick uh, shout-out yeah, yeah, yeah. to your man, to your man, OG. Oh, I was just about to get on to him. I was okay. just I, about I just want to give a, I just want, I want to give a shout out to OG because OG is the glue. He just does a look. He, he, he plugs in, you know, you need him to guard somebody. He does it. You need him to make it three. He does that. You know, he reminds me of Andre Iguodala. He has, he just plugs in. Yeah. He just um, plugs in. He just um, plugs in everywhere. Does a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, he's like a Swiss army knife. He just, he just does a little bit of everything. OG to me has been terrific. Scotty Barnes. Did you did you I mean, say really did you like say glow one. as in greatest Londoner of all time? Oh, is that, is that what you said? Talk, is, is that what you said? Glow? No, I didn't I'm, say. I'm gonna have Lou all dang on the phone. I said glue. Oh, oh, you oh, said oh, glue. Oh, I thought you said uh, glue. I, I was thinking, oh, oh, oh my well, man. You know, we gotta put some respect on the OGs. But what I love about OG, you know, that's my guy. Is in the third option role because obviously when Siakam was out and at the start of the season he was their main guy, and he's taking a while to adjust. But now Freddie's playing like an all star. Pascal's come back playing elite basketball as that third option. I was just reading Kevin Garnett's book and he talks about why having a big three just makes sense on a basketball court due to double teams, you know, because it's easy. If you've only got two stars, it's easy for a team to go double one, recover, go to the other one. But when you've got that third option, that's when you give opposition teams. That's why the big three is such a big deal. We can dive more into that on another episode, but OG is the third option is absolutely thriving. But just going back to the, you know, beating Milwaukee. They've beaten Milwaukee, I think, the last four or five times they've matched up. But the mm-hmm. Pistons, they have lost to the Pistons the last five games they played because Coach Dwayne Casey, who won Coach of the Year for Toronto a week before he was fired in Toronto, but not Coach of the Week, Coach of the Year in Toronto <laughs> before he was year. fired, he has it out for the Raptors. He just, he has their number. So it's all swings and roundabouts. It's all swings and roundabouts in the NBA. Anybody can beat anybody and i think teams in the eastern conference any of those top four teams top five top six they don't want to face the toronto raptors in a playoff series they've got these long athletes that can wreak havoc on the defensive end they've got a big shot making guard on the offensive end they've got big bodies that can bang inside they've got shooting i don't think anyone wants to face them but then we've got to talk about another oh all right go go just real quick real quick before we move on quick the one thing about the toronto raptors I think why any, no one wants to play them is the following. They're well coached Facts. and they're never going to beat themselves. You got to go beat them. Yeah. You, discipline. They, they have the discipline. They can defend. They're long. They're, they have interchangeable parts. And the one thing is they have like seven or eight guys that can all fill in depending on who has it going that night. It's not like, you know, a team that's built around a big three or a superstar and a best star doesn't have it going. I mean, they can... They can, as Pascal has it going, Scotty Brooks has it going, Fred has it going, yeah, Scott, OG Scott, has it going. And Scotty Barnes as well, since the new year. He's been playing yes. like a revert, uh, 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 backup point guard. He's been handling oh. the ball, being more of a playmaker. He's a, he's than, a young Scotty Pippen. He reminds me so much of Scotty Pippen. Yep. It's, and, and it's ridiculous. This goes back to what we always talk about with Messiah and the way he's trying to change basketball by bringing in these super athletic big teams where it's going away from small ball now. But, you know, when you're talking about you know, everyone stepping up is, is not a big two or a big three. It is a nice segue to my next 
segment or team that we want to talk about because you know we talk about getting a big three together and getting stars together but even though they're missing a big star on their team the philadelphia 76ers have been on a very nice run of form recently you know i think last week on the last episode i talked about how they were about to beat the Celtics, in which they went to on to do they're nine and one over their last 10 games Joel wow. Embiid has been putting together. We need to start including him in MVP conversations. Yes, we do. And yes, what stood do. out to me was his post-game interview after they played the Celtics. Shall I tell you what he said? Yes, he said, please do. I would put the clip of him talking, but I don't know if we'll get done for copyright. So I'm just going to read it. And you're going to have to imagine that I'm Joel Embiid. I can't do the voice or anything. So I'm just going to read it. When I look at where we are, when we get most of the team in the lineup, especially me in the lineup, because I love MB's ego, you know what I'm saying? Especially me in the lineup. He says, then we're 21 and nine. So when they're, when they're healthy, he's saying they're 21 and nine. They're 25 and 17 overall, okay? He says, that's not bad. That's up there with the best records in the NBA. So all that tells me is we got to stay healthy, keep doing what we're doing, et cetera, et cetera. And then he says, there's really no urgency to change anything. With less than a month to go until the trade deadline, the Sixers went healthy. They look dangerous too. Because when Joel Embiid, what's great about Joel Embiid at his position is unlike many other superstars in the league, when you look at the Eastern Conference, right? When you look at the Eastern Conference, you look at, you know, Chicago, you look at Brooklyn, you look at Boston. They're great players or wing players. There's a lot of good wing defenders in the NBA. Tell me which big man in the NBA is stopping Joel Embiid when he's got it going. There's nobody. There's nobody. When he gets it going on the offensive end of the floor, there's nobody that can match up with him because he's a dominant, dominant force. So he's saying, hey, look, we don't even care about the other guy that's not playing for us right now. We're nice. And so it leads me to this question. Given how, you know, how much better they are perhaps surpassing expectations without a max player on the court, we all know that they wanted to get an all-star in return for their point guard who's missing time. But now could they be pivoting to look into acquire some other pieces to increase their depth and strengthen themselves, maybe spread out some of that strength rather than getting one all-star in return, getting pieces to fit in around Joe Embiid because he's not had the best of luck with health. So to waste a year of his prime when he's playing like this would be a downright travesty to waste it by not doing all you can at the trade deadline to make a move to get this man some help because it clearly isn't coming from the player on his team that's sitting out games. Well, you know, Mo, as you were talking there, I looked at the standings. In spite of all of the things that's going on, the Philadelphia 76ers right now are two and a half games out of first place. Crazy. And, and they've been, remember the year when they were like almost unbeaten at home, but couldn't win on the road to save their lives. This year on the road, they're 16 and eight on the road. They've been getting it together. Yes. And Joel, like, like all organizations, Joel Embiid, their MVP and best player on their team has missed because of COVID. They could very well, in spite of losing Ben Simmons and not playing, they could be a top two or three team in the conference. And that says a lot about Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is a star. Make no doubt Big about it. Facts. Now you asked, you asked who can stop him. Slim and none. Okay. And Slim just walked out of the door. No <laughs> okay. No one's stopping this. No one's stopping Jojo. No. Okay. Now, as long as Jojo is healthy, they will always be in the upper tier of the conference. As long as he's healthy. However, 
I think the organization has a responsibility to build the team to be able to maintain if for some reason JoJo misses games because of whatever that may be. So I think it's in their best interest to say, if JoJo is healthy, we are an elite team. Because I'm going to say something, and I'm going to say this right now. As crazy as this sounds, in some ways, they may be better right now because they will play through JoJo and just have shooters on the perimeter. Because the game is going to slow down in some ways. Now, clearly, you know, you need talent. And Ben Simmons is a talent. But in the right matchup, and if JoJo is playing like JoJo, and you can continue to feed him a la Nakeem Olajuwon, it is possible, Mo, to play through your best player in advance. As long as, you know, you have shooters and shooters make timely shots. I'm not saying it's the most ideal situation, what we saw with the Rockets. But if your big fella is rolling and yep. JoJo is capable of having JoJo is capable of making a run like that. And his passing this season needs to be highlighted. His playmaking. Yes. When they come yes. to double, because this was always a knock on him before. And this is what made Hakeem Olajuwon so great. Not only did he have all the post moves and the footwork and the, the hook shots and the, ju- and the scoring ability. But when those double teams come to be able to whip that pass to the open man that they're doubling off. And for his teammates to either make the shot or maybe extra pass if the defense rotates, that's where he win. And this season, Joel's playmaking. Last season, it was good. This season, it's taken another step up. And because there's yeah. such a lack of big men in the league, I think he kind of has this opportunity to really go out. And, you know, I think it's, it, it would be such a shame if he doesn't make at least a few NBA finals throughout his career in his prime. This is what I used to say about Dwight Howard. When he was the most dominant big man in the Eastern Conference in his prime, it would be, I, I said it would be a travesty if he didn't win an NBA championship because there's no one that could contain him. Now, as amazing as Dwight Howard was at his peak, most dominant player in the league at the time, he didn't have what Joel has right now in terms of that post game, in terms of that footwork. Dwight was scoring off that screen roll, dunking everything inside, all the putbacks, dunking everything inside. His post-up game was okay. I mean, it was good. It was good enough to get him to an NBA finals. But Joel's post game, I think it's leaps and bounds ahead. And that's with all due respect yeah. to my boy Dwight. Joel's put, yeah, yeah, well, and Joel can shoot the three ball. He can pick and pop. He right. offers you so many more dimensions and ways in which to play. And I think it's the duty is on. I get the Sixers need to, you know, plan for the emergency if he can't play, if he's injured, et cetera. But I think they need to go all in and build around that map because while he's there and while he's healthy, you've got to give him every chance you can to carry you to an NBA championship. Yeah, well, you know, if there's one thing that we can say Ben Simmons doesn't compliment Joel Embiid, that's the shooting. That's the one thing. That's the Achilles heel of this conversation on whether or not those two. Talent-wise, you got a 6'10 point guard. He can defend, pass, do all those things. But, but when they come to double-team Joel, because they're going to double-team, he demands a double-team. You have to have shooters around there to make them pay. And that that's the one thing that Ben Simmons is going to have to improve on so that he can complement and reach his potential of saying this is who they could be. Bigs have been the last to advance in this small ball era. But every big that has won, they have one common denominator 
when they are the best team on the team. If you have a big and he can pass the ball, it forces you to double them with a big guy because a small guy going to double team Joel Embiid, he can't even see the double team. Mm-hmm. Now it's passing over the head. So when you talk about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, great passer. When you talk about Tim Duncan, great passer. When you talk about Shaq, passer. All great bigs who won a championship and you play through them, they have to be able to pass the ball. What you're seeing from Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid now, in my humble opinion, he is right there in the category, not because he can score. You know, Jokic, this is what makes him, I call him the most charming player in the NBA because of his passing ability. I mean, last night when he played against the Lakers, not to go off here, but I mean, he put some moves down last night against Dwight Howard that simply they were mind boggling because you go on Dwight Howard was one of the most elite athletes to play the position. Jokic, I don't know if he could beat you and I in a, in a foot race. You know, I, I'll take my chances, right? I don't, I'm not saying I can beat him, but it, it'll be close. Yeah. 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 But I'm going to tell you what his passing ability Mo, I wish I wish you and I could just do a highlight reel of his passing. His no look passing is like some of the greatest passing I've seen, and he's a center. Mm-hmm. So, Joel Embiid and Jokic to me are NBA championship caliber players, regardless of the position. And now it's just about getting the right formula around them because those two, Mo, I think if you get them in the right place, I don't see anyone being able to stop them. Yeah. except each other. They're the only two to me, and that would be a great matchup, right? Because you yep. know, we talked about small ball, but I would love to see a Jokic and a Joel MVP. Seven NBA games, finals. chess match. That would be great. That would be phenomenal and, just and, to watch. You know, just, just touching on this, Jokic leads all big men, all centers in assisted points created with 18, okay? But then wow. you go down that list, you have Julius Randle second at 14, but I think that's a product of, you know, he's just that number one option and everyone's focused on him when they play the Knicks. Then you have Demantis Sabonis at 12, who obviously is an elite passer coming out of Europe. Yes. You, you know the vibes for that already. But then Joel Embiid <laughs> is fourth on that list. He's the only other big man in double digits. After that, it drops off and you get Kyle Anthony Townsend at Hawthorne and those guys. But Joel Embiid is creating almost 11 points a night off his assists. And wow. if he can continue to do that and the Sixers players can continue to do that, Man, just get me, get me Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes. You know, just give me some role players and exchange defensive and just go all in on Joel Embiid this year. Because I don't care. Like, yeah, Simmons yeah. ain't going to play for them. He ain't going to get an all-star return. It's time to bite the bullet. Just get him some shooters, no. some defenders, and some playmakers. Let's just, let's just do it. Well, and give Joel the respect that he deserves. Because they would be capable of contending. You add, well, I, you add, not even take anyone away from the current rotation. You're adding. Buddy Heald, one of the league's top three-point shooters. I know he has his flaws, but one of the league's top three-point shooters. And Harrison Barnes is a player that every team in the NBA would want on this roster. Three-point shooting defense. You add them to the team at no cost. I I think, Mo, short-term, you may have an argument. However, they drafted Ben Simmons with the number one pick. Short-term, you win a championship. This is my my thing is... Do the Raptors regret trading for Kawhi? He left after a year. 
No. Do the Lakers regret trading for Anthony Davis? Okay, but, no. but they, didn't they, Ka- they didn't draft Kawhi. They didn't draft Kawhi. So the best example that I have is the following. Short term, the Detroit Pistons drafted Darko Milicic. Yes, sir. Okay, in short term, they won a championship. But what if, Mo, you would have drafted Carmelo Anthony? That would have gave you a 10-year run. Yeah, but also... I'm not saying saying they would have won in there, but that would have allowed you... That would have allowed you to make a long-term play. You can't draft a player like Ben Simmons and then suddenly just say, well, we're willing to give him weight because X, Y, and Z. Because the reason saying, Mo, is this. There's four ways to get good in this league, and, and we can have a whole show on this, but I just want to say this real quick to our listeners. Four ways for you to get good in the NBA. You can do it through the draft. You can do it through free agency. You can do it through a trade, or you can do it from within. Daryl Morey, who is the current GM president of the organization, he has an opportunity to explore one of those four alternatives. And, and, and shout out to Tyrese Maxey from Building Within. Yes. He's really yes, stepped up. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You draft a player, and you hope the player that you draft isn't the player that's going to show up in your building. You hope that your improvement, working with your coaches, experience, that he will get better. Tyrese Maxey is another one, okay? Tyrese Maxey in a year or two could be an all-star. You know, look at Darius Garland now. Yeah. Okay? So what I'm saying is, if you look at this, and I know you don't watch, and maybe our listeners don't watch a lot of, you know, basketball stateside, there are some really, really good young players in this draft. Like I told you last year about Evan Mobley. I told you about Evan Mobley last year. Okay, there are some players in this draft that could be stars. Okay. And, and, and it's Daryl's Morey's job to determine wherever that value is best for the organization. And does that mean turning Ben Simmons into a draft pick who turns out to be in the draft? Does that mean he gets a draft pick and maybe the draft pick, whatever, gets that all-star, whatever caliber? But you better be sure you get the following. You better get a player who has the potential to be an all-star. I'm not saying he is an all-star. So, for instance, if you're saying, who would I trade Ben Simmons for today? The, the kid down in Oklahoma, I would trade him today. SG, Yeah. Shay Gillis, Alexander. Now, that's the type of kid I'm looking to get back. Mm. Okay? Now, that kid, based on what I could see, is in the draft. He's going to be in there. I've okay. seen some terrific okay. players. And all I'm saying is, if you're telling me you are only concentrating on this year or next year, then I don't think you're doing your due diligence as, as an executive. And I'm not saying, I, I haven't spoken to Daryl Morey about this, but I think he has the responsibility to go through this process before making the final decision of when that can happen. Because if I get a chance to draft in the top two or three, because Ben Simmons at the very least should get you in the top three of a draft, if mm. need be. Mm. Well, let me tell you one thing about these four elements of team building. To all of our listeners okay. at home, you have the chance to build from within by continuing to listen to this podcast and increase your basketball knowledge. So make sure you subscribe mm. and leave in a review. If you're new here as a free agent, you have the chance to sign 
a max contract and rock with us for as long as we're rocking out and we ain't stopping anytime soon. If you're just testing out this podcast, you got a chance to trade your current podcast rotation for the best in the business, the Hoop <laughs> Genius podcast right now. And if you have any kids or friends or family that are into basketball, draft them in to the Hoop Genius podcast to put them hey, on Mo. and improve their days. Because you there's no salary cap here, Mo. Oh, there's no a, salary cap. There's no salary cap here. No salary cap. Unlimited. Unlimited roster spots. And we're not giving out 10-day contracts. We're giving out maximum lifetime deals. Come and rock with BJ Armstrong, three-time NBA champion. And of course, myself, Mo Mootsi, the Hoop Genius. Hope you guys will have a fantastic Monday. We've got a whole week of podcasts ahead. Every day we're dropping mm. every morning here in the UK. So if you're outside of the UK, if you're in the States, it's there when you wake up. You ain't even got to wait for it to drop. In the UK, we're up early doors. By the time you're on your way to work, the podcast is here for you. 30 minutes, 40 minutes, however long you want. NBA knowledge. Thank you for tuning in. BJ, once again, thank you for rocking with us. And we'll be back. Thank you. We'll be back tomorrow with more NBA action, MLK Day today. We can talk about that tomorrow. A lot of action going on, NBA 360, a lot of interesting games, and the Celtics take on the Pelicans at 5.30 UK time. So let's hope they don't ruin my evening. But until next time, thank you for listening and get buckets.